And welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I am your host, Clifton Grooms. This is segment two of our week two pregame show. And this segment, we are going to run down the week two city schedule. We're going to have an interview with KQ2 Sports Director Chris Roush as we break down some of the city's best games and we talk about the COVID-19 cases at both Savannah and Lathrop. So let's not waste our time. Let's get right down to the nitty gritty. The Central Indians will be taking their show after opening up at home a 29-0 victory over Ruskin. This week, they're going to go to North Kansas City for a crucial Suburban Red matchup. The Atchison Redmen open up their regular season at Lafayette, who looks to even their record at 1-0 after their heartbreaking loss to Harrisonville in Week 1. In the matchup that I will be attending live, it is the Pleasant Hill Roosters at 0-1, taking on the Benton Cardinals at 0-1. Two teams who I see really as even teams. I think this is going to be a fun matchup. I think this is going to be very entertaining. And we got the St. Joe Christian Lions at 0-1, and they're going to be taking on the Plattsburgh Tigers. And right now, we're going to be talking with KQ2 Sports Director Chris Roush. We recap the week that was week one. We get into the COVID-19 cases at both Savannah and Lather, and we run down the city schedules. We break down the matchups in the city. We're going to have our interview with Chris Roush here in 30 seconds. And we're continuing on with week two pregame show here on the Cliff Notes podcast. we got KQ2 Sports Director Chris Roush in the house. Chris, how are you doing? Doing really well, Clifton. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, we got one week uh, We got one week in the books in the, for the season. Um, really, um, how was your week? How was your guys' week one experience with football tonight? And um, what were some of the um, highlights for you as far as week one? I tell you what, there there were a lot of unknowns with, with this week, just because we, we didn't know how things were going to work out. I, I think everybody was kind of holding their breath and kind of saying, "We've got, let's start practice. We got there. Let's get to the jamborees." A couple teams did them, but not a lot. We got to week one. We we had a full slate for the most part. Lawson didn't have a game, but we got there. And, and overall, I think it turned out really well. On, on our end, there were some new protocols in place that obviously you can't have coaches in the building and stuff like that. You can't have analysts on in the building, and we had to be socially distant inside, so we had to create a couple of different things. Um, but, you know, Adam, Orduna, and I, uh, we found a way to get it done. We, we had a pretty good plan, I thought, in place. And, you know, we made the, we made the most of it. And what we used a lot of for our interviews was Zoom. We, we just Zoomed everybody. We brought him in like that. Uh, Dave Rigger, we brought in pe- coaches too. Honestly, Zoom makes things so much easier because we're able to do it just like we are right now, just having the conversation. We don't have to be near each other. It still works, so we're able to just move forward with Zoom. So overall, I think on that end, things went really well in week one. Um, on the field-wise, um, you know, the, the city teams had, had a little bit of a rough go there. Uh, Lafayette had a tough Harrisonville team. Benton tough game on the road with Lincoln Prep. I'll back up. Lafayette had to find Harrisonville after, you know, their original game with Carnahan out of St. Louis area. That one didn't end up happening. Yeah, those two teams, you know, tough road games. You had, you know, LeBlanc with new head coach Chuck Davis taking over that program at Pattonsburg, which had a really good offense last year. They have a brand-new quarterback this year in Pattonsburg. He never played football before, but that, that offense still really good, really able to move the football. Uh, St. Joe Christian had a, a you know, tough time with Maysville, a, a team I think is, is pretty improved from last season too. But 
you know, the, the big one this week for the city was Central. I mean, for the last couple of years, it's, it's been tough going, just scheduling. It's a, a lot of tough games. Central had an opportunity here in week one against a Ruskin team. Um, came in, you know, the offense, you know, they punted on their first drive, but the, the punt ended up inside the 10-yard line, a penalty there, and a couple of plays for loss got Central where they got a safety. And I think that really got the defense in Central going because you didn't have the crowd atmosphere. You had probably 50, 55 people there total, maybe. So, I mean, it's a different atmosphere. They made their own energy. Coach Trotter and his group's done a fantastic job with this team now. And, you know, year three as his head coach, they get a 29 nothing win. From a city standpoint, seeing what Central did in week one at home, you know, they, they had the tough go last year. It's, everybody knows about it. But they had that week one where they get the shutout victory. That, that was big for Central. Absolutely. That was huge for Central. Definitely them breaking an 11-game losing streak. Um, so that's got to be big, really, for them to start out the uh, the 2020 season 1-0. That's a huge confidence booster going into their game this week against North Kansas City. And uh, that's going to be an extra game that we're going to be talking about. we got Central and North Kansas City this week. Um, and it's a little bit of a tougher go this week. Um, North Kansas City has been undefeated going into the last week of the regular season for the past two seasons. And there's a little bit of familiarity on the sidelines with Coach Trotter for Central. And then we got um, former Missouri Western football player Leon Douglas on the sideline at North Kansas City. So definitely let's break down that game and talk about the dynamic there with the coaches. Well, I think it's going to be one of those good, you know, familiar faces type of thing, just kind of, you know, seeing all old ball players from Missouri Western over there. You know, Coach Trotter played at Western, coached at Western. I mean, and then seeing one of the former players, they're now coaching too. And it, I think that's just going to be kind of a special, you know, bond that, you know, a lot of these coaches, a lot of teammates have once, you know, after their football careers are over, they stay in touch or they stay in the profession. They want to help you know, the next generation. And, and now you see that again with, you know, Douglas down there at North Kansas City. And, you know, I think this is a good week two on the road. We'll see how Central does go coming off that week one. They have some athletes. I mean, they're, they're young, there's some young guys still on in this group, but they, they've got some athletes. And I, and I think I, I am curious how they follow up last week. because I, I thought they did an excellent job, and that's all what it's all about. Coach Trotter will tell you first that it's not about what you did last week. I mean, they're they're already not they're not looking back what they did against Ruskin. They're, they're prepared for North Kansas City. They're ready to go. Yeah, I think this defense is really you know improved and really good for Central this year. Just kind of based off what I saw in Week One. Well, uh, one of our one of both of our big games this week. It was going to be my area game of the week, but it was going to be your guys' game of the week on football tonight with Savannah and Lake. Well, unfortunately, that matchup is not going to happen now. And both schools have been um, have been struck with COVID cases here this week. So um, talk about all that and um, just how big of a disappointment that we're not going to get that matchup this week. Yeah, so Savannah on Monday was announced that there was a COVID case in the high school. The district has not confirmed to me that it was a football player. But their two football games the next two weeks have been canceled. And, and so when that happened, it takes out the Lathrop game. And then it also takes out the Kirksville game. Monday night around 8 o'clock, 8.30 or so, Lathrop announces that a high school coach had tested positive and some players are showing symptoms at the time. They're going to get tested. They got the results back yesterday. They had some more positive cases. 
they've had to cancel a few games, and it is really disappointing because, you know, these athletes, you know, these student athletes, you know, the spring was taken away from them. They worked all summer, and there were some schools that had to shut down because of COVID cases of summer for a couple of weeks to kind of clean and, you know, be in quarantine and stuff like that. But this is the first time we've seen it in the actual fall season now. But I think at the same time, I think we were all knowing this was a real possibility. It wasn't so much if it happens, it when it happens. And I, I spoke to Misha yesterday about, you know, what is their thoughts right now? Because you start having this and you have – it's not just one team. It's potentially both teams. They're having to quarantine if, if someone, you know, hopefully doesn't happen. But if someone on a Friday night has a positive case, that affects the other team they play too. And Excelsior Springs is that example of that for, you know, Savannah last week. Excelsior Springs has to cancel this game too. And you've had Richmond, same thing with Lathrop. And it, it does kind of pinball around. So you, you have that. But Misha's still really confident in, in this, these fall seasons, not just football, but the rest of them too, because of how serious these districts are taking this. They, they get in there, and we saw how fast they work. Savannah spent Monday, Tuesday, in the whole high school contact tracing, trying to figure out as quick as possible so they can continue on. That way you're not shutting down whole programs. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a lot of trial and error of see what happens with contact tracing if, if it's asymptomatic. Hopefully this doesn't happen, but if there's a kid sick, what happens there? I mean, there's just a lot of things that this is new for everybody. But talking with um, – Lathrop superintendent, we had a reporter talk to him, and, you know, it, it's hard for the kids right now, but hopefully, you know, that doesn't happen again. They can get back out of quarantine and, you know, get back together because there's also the mental health aspect of this for a lot of these student-athletes, too, of, you know, not having sports, too. It does, does a lot to kids, too, not having their activities. Well, absolutely, definitely. That, that definitely does have a big effect on mental health because I think these kids just want to – they just want to get out there and just play. But, oh, yeah. uh, but we're going to get into uh, – we're actually going to get into game action now. we got some um, games throughout the city this week. Uh, we got uh, Atchison coming from Kansas to take on Lafayette and a very interesting non-conference game this week. To my knowledge, I don't think these two teams have played each other. So let's break down the matchup here between the Redmen and the Irish. Well, yeah, I think this is an interesting one because you don't usually – you don't always see this. Sometimes you'll see cross-state games happen, you know, at, at any level, class one, eight-man, whatever it may be. Sometimes it happens. But, yeah, you know, Lafayette going and getting this game with Atchison are pretty close. I mean, it's only about 35, 40 minutes away. And so, it, you know, it, it gives Lafayette and it gives Atchison at the same time both, you know, good competition here early on before Lafayette especially gets into MEC play where you have the Benton game, where you have Maryville, you'll have, you know, hopefully, you know, Savannah here in a few weeks too. Um, just w before they get into those, these non-conference games setting them up, you know, to be successful. Because Lafayette, I mean, they graduated some key pieces from last year's team, Dayton McGoy being one of them at quarterback. But there's a lot of talent still on this Lafayette team. They're, they're fast. And, you know, I think this team's got something to prove too. And they talked about in the, in the season preview I did with them that, this group has a different mentality, and every group does, but this group feels like they have something to prove along the way, too. Well, um, this is going to be um, the game that I'm going to be at personally for my podcast covering the um, game. It's going to be Pleasant Hill and Benton. This is a game that I'm really interested in because um, I think this could be a winnable game for Benton, you know, with 
Benton had um, taken that 42 to nothing loss to Lincoln Prep last week. But also Pleasant Hill took a loss to Boonville last week, 25 to 25 to 20. So both teams are 0-1, and both teams are looking to get 1-1. And I think this could very well be a confidence booster for Benton if they could get this win going into the north side-south side matchup in week three. Well, Clipson, I think one of the things for, for this game, too, is, you know, Coach Kevin Keaton's been there now a couple of years, and they're trying to get this uh, – program going back in the right direction I think part of it is getting these guys to buy in I think this team here has bought in to what coach Keaton and the rest of that coaching staff is doing so I think this is a good week for Benton to bounce back so they had a really tough Lincoln prep team last week so I think this is a good opportunity for them to bounce back here at home in week two well and then the last the, the last matchup we're going to break down is going to be St. Joe Christian taking their show on the road looking to rebound off their um, loss to Maysville and they're going to be traveling to Plattsburgh who got a 7 to nothing win over Polo in week 1. So Plattsburgh trying to move to 2 and 0, St. Joe Tr- Christian trying to even their record at 1 and 1. How do you see this matchup? I think St. Joe Christian is going to come out motivated this week. I mean, it was a tough go in that week 1 against Maysville. Had a hard time moving the football. Um, Mays was able to run the football pretty well when I was there for a little while getting highlights. So I think they're motivated to come back. I, I think Plattsburgh is going to be improved this year too. You know, they, they had the coaching change last year, and this is their second year that coaching staff's in charge. So I think this is an interesting one to kind of see how St. Joe Christian rebounds, but also how Plattsburgh builds off week one. Well, um, well, Chris, I want to thank you for um, joining me here on the um, podcast and definitely breaking down these city matchups. Um, but anything you want to plug, um, football tonight, social media, anything, uh, what games are you guys going to this week? Anything you want to plug, go right ahead. Well, we'll go ahead and plug football tonight. It will be 1035 Friday night. We'll have highlights from games across the area, um, interviews, coaches, you know, highlights, everything scores. We'll have all that beginning at 1035 Friday night. It'll go to 30 minutes till 1105. So we're excited for that one here week two. Kansas also gets started up this week, so it should be fun. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Definitely you can check out Football Tonight 1035 live on KQ2. And you can also check out the KQ2 Sports Podcast, which is on all available podcast platforms you can check out, Chris doing great interviews there. I want to thank you once again for joining me, Chris, and definitely appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you, man. Anytime you need me, you got me. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Thank you. And we want to thank Chris Roush once again for for joining us here on the Week 2 pregame show. You can catch them on KQ2 at 1035 for football tonight. Let's run down the Week 2 area schedule, and we're going to start in the Hound Pound. The Maryville Spoofhounds look to rebound after last week's loss to Blair Oaks. They have 1-0 Harrisonville coming off their narrow victory over Lafayette. Cameron, after last week's win over Kansas City Northeast, will now be going on the road to take on Kansas City Southeast. The Chillicothe Hornets had a, had a rough go against Marshall. They're going to be taking their show to Kirksville, who is 1-0 on the season. In one of our area games of the week, it is the Maysville Wolverines, who are 1-0. They're going to be at Mid-Buchanan, who is also 1-0 on the season. Trenton 0-1 after last week's defeat to Brookfield. They're going to be taking on East Buchanan and their second straight home game to kick off the season. 0-1 Hamilton is going to be taking on 1-0 Gallatin. You can catch that game on 100.1 KKWK. 
That is the Cameron Radio Station. That is with Chris Ward. We are going to be hearing from Chris Ward here in just a few minutes. But on to the rest of the schedule. Lawson will be kicking off their regular season after they canceled their game last week against Oak Grove. They're going to be facing a stiff test in Lafayette County after last week's win over Hamilton. West Platte 1-0 after their week one defeat of Lone Jack. They're going to be taking on an 0-1 South Harrison team coming off that loss to East Buchanan last Friday night. Princeton is 0-1. They're going to be taking on Cass Midway, who is also 0-1. Cass Midway is 0-1. Polo 0-1. They're going to be taking on Slater, who is kicking off their regular season. St. Pius and the MEC, they are 1-0 on the season. They're going to be taking on 0-1 St. Michael. And a big matchup in the Kansas City region, we got the 1-0 Platte County Pirates taking on the 1-0 Carney Bulldogs. We're going to have Ross Martin on here later to break down that matchup. And we got the 0-1 Smithville Warriors taking on the 0-1 William Crispin Bears. And a Saturday game is the North Platte Panthers who are at 0-1 taking on the University Academy Griffins who are also 0-1 on the year. I did mention that... um, we're going to be hearing from Chris Ward. We're going to be hearing from him here in just a second. We're going to be breaking down just a few of the area teams. We're going to recap the week one area scene. And we're going to be plugging his coaches' shows and all that stuff. I had an opportunity to talk with Chris Ward on his pregame show that's going to air Friday night. And he chose to talk to me here on our pregame show. So we're going to be going to that interview with Chris Ward here right now. And we're continuing on with our pregame show for week two. We got uh, regional radio KKWK 100.1 sports director Chris Ward with us. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Clifton. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Uh, but very, 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 very welcome. Definitely very happy to have you. Um, week one, um, week one, you covered Excelsior Springs and Savannah. You did that game live on a 100.1. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about that game a little bit and just recap. Um, week one and your eyes just not only with that game but throughout your entire area um uh, first uh, entire area i thought for the most part uh, i mean it's like 90 percent of the games i thought kind of went the way we thought they would go at least as far as who won who lost there were a few outliers in there that surprised me and i know we'll talk about a few of those uh, like maryville kind of getting run by blair oaks i didn't see that coming um I, didn't, I thought benton would put up a little bit better fight against the uh, lincoln prep uh, some of those games like that uh were maybe a little bit outlierish, uh, but I thought most for the most part the teams we thought would win in week one won. Um, in particular, my game I thought was kind of a coin toss game. Uh, obviously, Excelsior Springs comes in. Uh, I think they graduated something like ninety percent of their starters last year, and it was uh, nothing but sophomores and juniors really. I think they just had a handful of seniors on the team, let alone in the starting lineup. Um, so I, I was curious as to what they were going to do, especially up front because they had three sophomores and two juniors, if memory serves correctly, in the trenches up front. And really, I think that was maybe the most impressive thing uh, was the way those kids played for Excelsior Springs because they were able to run the ball. They run that triple option or that uh, midline beer option kind of offense. So uh, it's just pound you, pound you, pound you. And they did a really good job of holding up a veteran defensive line from Savannah. On the flip side, I thought Savannah, once the you know first 10 minutes of the game or so were over, uh, unfortunately, they kind of found themselves in a hole. But after that, I thought they played just about even with Excelsior Springs. They were basically even teams, but that first 10 minutes really cost them. 
And I think some of that was just the fact they had so many new faces on the team. There were so many guys making that Friday night uh, start for the first time. Then you got the new coach. And Coach Kopecki, even in our uh, coach's show on Monday, said, yeah, I probably should have done, uh, you know, run the ball a little more instead of throwing it. We weren't throwing the ball all that well. Um, I think they definitely need to find who that quarterback is because that three-man rotation that they had going on, I think everybody wants to have that guy. And I think they just have to figure that out. Um, future's bright for Savannah. I don't think uh, that loss is by any means going to like stink their season or anything. Uh, and really, there's just a few mistakes in that early going to the first quarter. Uh, a couple penalties on third and fourth downs and kept the, uh, an early drive going. And uh, once a couple things like that happened, it was just hard to get back over the hump. I, like I said, I thought they were pretty even with Excelsior. Uh, just that first quarter really kind of sunk them, especially that first drive. Uh, they committed, I think it was three penalties that kept the drive going on those third and fourth down. Kind of One of them was a roughing the punter. In fact, they would have been off the field, but they roughed the punter and gave them a first down. Things like that you just can't do and win games when you're pretty evenly matched. Oh, yeah, that's only week one, you know. It's all about progressively getting better towards the district. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. For so, sure. Definitely the first game that we're going to look ahead to the week two that you're actually going to be covering on 100.1 Regional Radio Quick. So, Regional Radio Quick 100.1 on your FM dial. You can listen to Hamilton at Gallatin this Friday night. And um, you got that game. So, how do you really see that game going? I think this is another coin flip game. I honestly do. I know people might think I'm kind of crazy when you look at the scores in week one. Go back a week. Uh, Hamilton goes on the road down to Higginsville. That's not a team that we cover a lot here in the area. I mean, most folks don't know. You might know the Huskers. You might know Lafayette County by name. You might remember from a few years back, the T.J. Sheaver senior year, uh, that Hamilton went down there, a team that we all thought maybe was going to be able to win a state title. I believe that was the first year of Lamar won. Uh, They went down to Lafayette County and got beat in the playoffs there. So that's kind of what everybody remembers about Higginsville. I grew up right down the road in Lexington, so I know Higginsville quite well. And uh, This is one of the best runs of football they've had in a long while, really in athletics in a long while. That that is a really good football team. I've watched some video of that game that is a big football team they are very athletic they do that kind of a pistol wing tee kind of thing they've got going on down there uh, so that's a hard offense to deal with anyway and then you throw in those athletes they're kind of senior laden uh so the fact that Hamilton lost that game is not necessarily surprising the fact the score kind of got lopsided is but there was a some you know turnovers deep in territory and things like things just kind of happened to get that score lopsided Hamilton is a much better football team than that score would indicate Gallatin's kind of the flip side of that. They got a blowout win against North Platte. North Platte's a very young football team, and uh, they may struggle to win one, two games this year. And that's nothing against Coach uh, Coach Wright. I think he's doing a good job down there. They've changed some things up. Uh, North Platte's just kind of in a rebuild mode right now. Um, seems like they've been there for a couple years. Uh, but they're kind of in the rebuild mode. Gallatin uh, got shut out that first quarter. Then puts up 44 in the second quarter. Uh, they kind of got their things going. Um, they threw the ball a little bit more than you might think for Gallatin. I think Coach said they had up over 200 yards of passing in that ball game and then kind of got the young guys in and ran the ball really well at that point. Um, Gallatin will have to be balanced if they're going to make some make some hay tonight, but I think it all, all kind of comes down to their quarterback play. If they can get good quarterback play from their young junior quarterback, uh, Vandiver, uh, he's a good athlete. Uh, as he goes, I think they will go. They've got lots of weapons as running backs, but I think as the quarterback goes is, is how they will go. Well, one of the top teams in our area, Mid-Buchanan, they uh... – this is a game that you've broadcasted over the years. It's uh, Maysville at Mid-Buck. Really, um, this is a game that I think could be very, very interesting, you know, with the performance that Maysville put up and, and Mid-Buck uh, with their effort against Princeton last week. Um, really break, break down this matchup between Maysville and mid 
Mid Buchanan's a heavy favorite, I think. Uh, coach, the job Coach Fritz and that gang have done at Mid Buchanan is nothing short of fantastic. Uh, you got to go all the way back to Dave Rapp before uh, Mid Buck had playoff teams, and uh, before that was Bill Oots. We're going way back into the day, into the days before playoff teams. There, uh, it's been a long time since Coach Oots was up there. Uh, coach Fritz is kind of you know as well as I do. That's a basketball school. They have got great basketball. Coach Kemper and uh, Coach Elms do a fantastic job. Coach Fritz is turning that around a little bit. These last two years, you go to a game, maybe not this year, obviously, because crowds are smaller, but the last two seasons, you go to a Mid-Buchanan football game, and that place is packed. Those people are loving it. He has got that thing humming right along. So they, I think, are in class one anyway, maybe the team to beat in Northwest Missouri. Maysville, as you said, they had a very impressive win. Um, I think we'll find out a lot more uh, tonight, uh, Friday night, when they play Mid-Buchanan, because uh, St. Joe Christian with the, the whole co-op with Northland Christian, I, I think they're just overmatched, honestly. Um, I think that was kind of the case. Uh, they were low on numbers. Maysville kind of got them rolling. Um, no, that's not to take anything away from Maysville. I just think this is going to be a much better measuring stick kind of game. We'll know a lot more about Maysville uh, after this game. Now, with that said, Maysville ran for 400 yards in week one. You don't do that unless you're getting good offensive line play, good running back play, and multiple guys. They had two guys, I think it was uh, over 150 yards in that game. So if you can do that, you're obviously doing things the right way now are they doing them the right way enough to catch up with mid buchanan that's a whole nother beast uh you might be doing them right enough to to play middling grc play but then you got to step up to the heavyweight champ so to speak in a mid buchanan one of those teams that's got state championship aspirations so this will be a great measuring stick test i think mid buchanan is by far the team to beat uh but you know any given friday you know how that goes uh, it'll be a fun matchup i think mid buchanan is a pretty heavy favorite but i i think mazel's an improving team and we'll learn a whole lot about them this week and then we got um, Harrisville and Maryville. Uh, Maryville, uh, you talked about it just a few minutes ago. Talked about you know Maryville, that big loss of Blair Oaks that you that that shocked you. It shocked me a little bit too because I didn't expect them. I didn't expect the score to be like that. I knew Blair Oaks is a really really good football team. And I'll do a little bit of flashback for you too. You might remember Blair Oaks has been a really good football team since I remember when they had that 2004 state championship appearance against Cameron, Drew Newhart, Eric Anderson, and those boys. So M M Blair Oaks has been really good for a long time. And we know how good Maryville's been, especially since Matt Webb's been there. And Harrisonville, I think Harrisonville's going to be really, really improved. Last year was a down year for Harrisonville standards. So I think this, this could be a really good football game in Maryville at the Hound House. Yeah, A, you're going to Maryville. That's never easy. It doesn't matter uh, what happened last week as far as Maryville is concerned. When you come to Maryville, you're going to get uh, – you better strap them on. You're getting the full dose. Um, I don't know a ton about Harrisonville. I know, as you said, traditionally that's a very, very strong football program. Had a bit of a down year last year. Obviously, they're pretty decent. They edged out Lafayette, who I think most of us think is going to be an upper half of the NEC kind of team. I think this this game's going to tell us a lot about Maryville. I think 51-8. to eight. Are you kidding me against Blair Oaks? Uh, I mean, obviously, as you said, Blair Oaks is one – fantastic program for 20 years now they've been uh, one of the upper echelon uh, not just football mind you they are fantastic at baseball they are fantastic at basketball they've got pretty good wrestling they've got good track they are good all the way around the board they've just got good athletes down there being like these southern suburb of jeff city helps that out a lot um so I, I don't know how much we can read into that from what i understand maryville was missing some pieces from that game due to this that and the other uh health wise different things uh, what's going on i don't know the status of everybody coming back into that game but if maryville has all their bullets so to speak i would not be surprised to see a massive comeback from what we saw in week one to what we see in week two and um i know we broke down a few matchups with week two is there anything else on week two for you that really kind of stands out to you on the schedule i know that 
you're working on your pregame show also. And um, what else stands out to you in week two, other than the games that we just named? Yeah, I think uh, another big game uh, from the KCI is uh, Lawson. We talked about Lafayette County a little bit there when we were talking about Hamilton and how good that is. Uh, Lawson coming uh, – their first game, obviously, they had their game against Stoke Grove taken away due to COVID and testing and all that stuff. So this is week one as far as Lawson's concerned. They have to go to Higginsville and deal with a very big, very athletic Huskers team. Uh, that'll be interesting because they run similar styles. I know Lawson's supposedly going to change some things up. We haven't seen it yet because they haven't played. Uh, but supposedly they're going to do a few things a, a little bit differently, maybe kind of getting back to the roots of maybe the Joe Cassidavoid era of Lawson Cardinal football back there in, what, 07, 06, 08, so back in that era. Maybe doing some of those things that are not quite as big in the line. They're going to kind of rely on a speedy athletic lineman to kind of pull and get out front. So I'm interested to see what Lawson does uh, against a very good Lafayette County team when they both kind of run that same similar uh, pistol wing tee, uh, run it down your throat kind of offense. I think that'll be a very interesting matchup. Um, I know uh, you're going to talk to Ross Martin, you said, uh, as we were getting ready for this. Uh, that Platte County Cardi game uh, down in the Suburban League, I think that's going to be a fantastic game because uh, that's really developing into a very good rivalry. Um, I'm also very interested in a game where we talked about uh, earlier was uh, South Holt, Nottaway Holt, South Holt, Livingston in the eight-man ranks, uh, two of the top four-ranked teams in eight-man football. I think uh, anytime you get those two types of teams together and throw them out on the football field, you're going to have some fireworks, and that one should be a very good game. So there's a, there's a lot of fun football out there here week two and then of course everybody's kind of getting ready to start conference play so you really want to keep that momentum up and uh, kind of looking forward to next week in the start of conference play so should be a lot of interesting uh, matchups and a lot of interesting activity out there tonight well chris uh, before i let you go um anything you want to plug as far as your radio station we know you have coaches shows um throughout the week um you you got the pregame show before um you got the football game this week um plug anything this week with anything going on you know coaches shows anything you want to plug just about any day of the week, you can find some sort of high school coverage here on our station. Um, weeknights, Monday through Thursday at 5.30, it's our coaches' shows. Uh, on Mondays, we talk to Cameron and Savannah and Stewartsville Osborne. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we do six of the eight KCI teams. We do Hamilton, East Buck, Mid Buck on Tuesdays. Your loss in Plattsburgh, Lathrop's on uh, Wednesday. Then we talk some Gallatin, Maysville, and Polo on Thursdays. And then, of course, Friday night, we got football at 7 o'clock. But before that, 5 o'clock, we do the uh, Highway 36 Auto Diesel Friday night football live pregame show. Lots of interviews. Uh, we hear from a bunch of the coaches. We have a pick'em segment with me and the Mize. We kind of keep a running total for the year, just having some fun and having a, you know, playing some jokes and doing stuff like that. And then as we get closer to 7 o'clock, get a little bit more game specific. Obviously, this week we'll talk to the coaches of Hamilton and Gallatin as we get ready for kickoff. And then 7 o'clock, of course, we kick it off each Friday night. Uh, this week, as I mentioned, Hamilton at Gallatin. We've always got uh, Cameron football, whoever they're playing. This week, obviously, it's KC Southeast down at their place. That's a 6 o'clock game. Uh, by the way, for anybody who wasn't aware of that, they start that game at 6 p.m. on Friday. Uh, but, yeah, Cameron football makes its home over on KMRN. That's 1360 a.m. and 99.3 FM. And then once all of our games are done, because we got the two stations up in Bethany, as well all four stations with all the broadcast games are done we pick up the uh petty john auto center end zone show as you were talking about uh i think with the interview you did for us uh listed all the scores and the coach interviews and stuff after the games eric meisner hosts that he does a bang up job and again we have a lot of fun with it so uh pretty much wall-to-wall -wall sports from five o'clock till midnight or so on friday night so uh no real reason to turn the dial unless uh, you want to catch a, a little highlight from another game and get right back because uh obviously like i said we do it we blow it out for about seven eight hours uh, each friday night well, definitely, um, those of you who definitely want to watch high school football, those Hamilton Gallatin fans, you can find your game on, that game on 100.1 KKWK with Chris. And um, like Chris said, you know, if you're a high school sports fan or a high, sports, high school football junkie, no reason to turn off the dial. 100.1 FM. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to have you on again. 
And uh, we look forward to having you back on soon. Absolutely, buddy. Anytime. And we're here on the week two pregame show at the Cliff Notes Podcast. We got Ross Morton with us. How you doing, Ross? Doing wonderful, Cliff. It is great to be here, my friend. It is great to hear your voice again. It's good to see you again. Um, it's been it's been a few years. So it has um, been. I know you pretty well, but um, there may be some people that are listening to this podcast right now who may not know you so well. I know that you've covered high school football for a really, really long time. Start out with the news press. That's how I met you. So um, just give a little bit of a rundown of your story, where you've covered, and uh, where you're at now. Yeah, I'm going on about two decades of covering high school football kind of in the region, so to speak, and uh, did spend uh, the, the early part of my career at the St. Joseph News Press, where I was a reporter, assistant sports editor, and eventually sports editor. Uh, always throughout, my focus was, was mainly on high schools. Um, I left that job to, to return back to my hometown in Platte City, and I ran uh, the hometown newspaper here, the Platte County Citizen, for three years before um, kind of leaving the journalism field, but I've, I've stayed connected through different stringing opportunities the last few years. And, um, you know, I've mostly covered uh, Platte County over the last two years, just kind of exclusively, but still keep up with a lot of what's going on in the region. Um, just, it's nice to, to almost be like a high school beat reporter, you know, covering the same team each Friday night. It's way different than what I used to do where I was kind of traveling all over Northwest Missouri and Northeast Kansas and, you know, might only see a team once a year. So uh, that's kind of where we're at now. I bet you it's nice being back at home, isn't it? So, I know that it you've is. covered. I know that you've covered like um, the Platte County. Um, you've covered Platte County since some of the great times there um, during that 52-game winning streak um, from 2000 to 2003. You were there through some of that. Yeah, and so I graduated high school in 2001. So uh, for my high school paper and for for the citizen, incidentally, while I was in high school, I covered some of that. And then uh, my brother was on the team for the next two years. So I was very close to that, uh, that part of it as well. So yeah, it's been really interesting because, you know, kind of my, my journalism career began covering high school sports during that era, which was a was very unique and dominant era for, for that team. And now I've kind of come back and I've seen the new highs that they've had at the class four level with a, a semifinal appearance in 2017 and then the run to the state title game last year. I remember I remember I always tell my story to uh, Chris Ward and Chris Roush when I started covering high school football. Those were the those Platte County teams were some of the best teams that I started hearing about when I was covering. But the main focus why we're doing this interview is um, I've been seeing you share something called PC Preps Extra. And, yeah, uh, so, yeah, so that's a bit of a passion project, uh, Clifton, that I've got going on. Um, something that I kind of started thinking about as the, as the quarantine hit, and I thought, you know, um, I'm kind of out of the newspaper game, but, but how can I stay, you know, involved? You know, what's a way that I can do it? And so I've kind of partnered with a couple of other um, guys in the local community and and uh, what we have kind of offered to people is we are going to cover Platte County sports exclusively um, at the varsity high school level um, all sports you know not just football and uh, the way that we have gone about it was at first we kind of just on a whim started a Facebook fundraiser and got some some really good community support um, from people that know uh, myself and, and Cody Thorne and, and Todd Nugent um, and our reputation in the community for doing, you know, journalism and photography. And, uh, you know, I think that that helped a lot. And then we've kind of also reached out to um, uh, 
some community, what, what we are calling community partners. And so it's your, your non-traditional advertiser, you know, people that see value of that, of that old school hometown newspaper coverage, but in a digital format. And so um, we're, we're using that as a way to get advertisements onto the site um, to get them some, them some exposure. And, and we feel like it's a, it's a really unique product. I don't really know of any, any others that are, you know, non newspaper or non TV tied that, that, that cover sports this way. And, and especially to do it just kind of for one community, um, I, I think is unique. And so we're excited about it and, and we're trying to, to grow it as we speak. Well, I'm definitely very excited for it. I wish you all the best luck in the world with that. Um, well, we're going to be talking about the 2020 Platte County team. Now, the 2019 team was one win away from winning the state championship last year against a really, really good dominant Web City team. They came out last Friday night and won 35-17 over Park Hill South. So you were at that game. So give a little bit of an analysis of that week one football game. Yeah, so uh, to, to give the analysis of week one, I want to go back a little bit to the end of last year. And I think that, you know, in some ways, Black County was a bit of a surprise to get to that state title game. And then obviously it didn't work out the way they wanted. And, and when I say surprise, you know, they were a good team, uh, but kind of the, the bracket fell the right way to where if they were able to take care of things, they, they could get that far. And that's exactly what happened. And that's not any knock on them. You know, you can only play, you know, who's in front of you. Um, and they did just that. You know, there have been some really talented teams in recent years that, that couldn't get out of, um, you know, a, a district scenario because of Kearney. Um, and, and that was kind of their, their big nemesis. And so um, so w what was kind of great, I guess, about last year for them was that they made it to that state title game. And then they returned a bunch of key pieces, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And so they came out against, uh, you know, Park Hill South. And really the only main question marks were kind of, what the defensive backfield would look like. And, and that's, that's to say there's a lot of returners, but guys in different spots back there. Um, and then the offensive line where they only had one returning starter and four guys made kind of, you know, really their varsity debut. They, they'd done some mop-up duty, um, you know, maybe last year and the year before for some of them, but, but had not played in that, that competitive varsity situation until last week. And so, um, and so that, that's kind of what set them up for, for, you know, going into the Park Hill South game. And uh, with so many guys back, they had lost to Park Hill South the year before in a frustrating game where they were up 19 to three and didn't score again and lost 31 to 19. And, and so there was a little bit of revenge on their mind going into it as well. Yeah, so definitely that was a good win for them. Definitely a revenge on their mind. But speaking of revenge on their mind, they actually uh, got a monkey off their back last season by defeating Carney. And they actually steamrolled Carney last year in that game, a team that's really dominated Platte County over the years since they've got into the Suburban League. They have them again this Friday night at Kearney. Now, the Bulldogs had an overtime win against Fort Osage last Friday night, so both teams are 1-0 heading into the game. What do you know about Kearney, and what do you know about that matchup so far? Yeah, sure. So, you know, a big reason for Platte County's success uh, in last year's game was the same success that they had week one against Park Hill South. They can throw the ball, and they've got multiple guys to throw the ball to, um, and that caused some some fits for Carney last year. I, you know, I think that most people were probably surprised by the final score of that game. Maybe not by the fact that Platte County won, but maybe to do it in the in the fashion that they did. And yeah, it absolutely got the monkey off of their back. They hadn't beaten them since they had established a Highway 92 uh, rivalry trophy, so that was their first chance to take that one home. And and I think it you know it meant a lot because as I said. Carney's been a big roadblock for them. Carney's been a, you know, a standard type program and, and Platte County has wanted to get back to that level and, and they did. And so, 
yeah, a lot of what Platte County is going to do this week is going to be similar to last week. But from, you know, from everything I'm to understand, you know, Carney's a lot different. They're going to run a lot more of those two and three back sets. Uh, they have two different quarterbacks that they're rotating through, um, but they'll throw the ball out of those sets as well, too. So um, it, it'll be it'll be a unique offense that they bring. And, and I think we all know with, you know, no jamborees, you know, no seven on seven, you know, there, there's not a ton of tape out there for some people. And so, you know, Carney's going to know a lot of what Platte County is going to do. Platte County is going to have to adjust. Um, it sounds like to, you know, the new things that, that Carney's trying to do. Well, I think that's going to be a really good football game on Friday night. Um, Ross, before we get you out of here, is there anything you want to plug um, your social media, the, um, the internet project, um, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Oh, yeah, just a, a quick plug that, uh, you know, people can find our work at uh, pcpreps.com, and that is a uh, – that, that website will have, you know, stories, photo galleries, video interviews with players and coaches. And so check it out. We think it's, we think it's unique. We think it's fun, and, and we would love people's feedback on, on what it looks like. And they can find us um, on both uh, – or all three on Twitter, Instagram, um, and Facebook at pcpreps.extra. Um, and, and like I say, we'd love to have people support. We think it's cool. You know, a lot of people that listen to your podcast are going to, you know, follow schools that, that play against Platte County. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it'll be relevant to a lot of people too. So. Well, Ross, definitely. Um, I'm very, very happy for you. Uh, it's a great project you got going on right now. And I wish you once again, all the best, all the best luck in the world. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Ross. I appreciate, I appreciate that so much. Clifton, we appreciate you. And like you said, we go back a long way. Got a lot of respect for your, your heart and your enthusiasm when it comes to this. There's a lot of kids that get exposure um, that might not otherwise because of what you do. So keep, keep trucking with what you're doing too, man. We, we love you. And uh, anytime we can help out, don't hesitate to reach out, okay? I appreciate that. Thank you, Ross. All right. Thanks, Clifton. And that will wrap up segment two of the week two pregame show. We want to thank Chris Roush, Chris Chris Ward, and Ross Martin for joining us on that segment. Coming up in segment three, we're going to be talking eight-man football. We're going to run down the eight-man football poll in week two, run down the eight-man schedule, and we're going to talk to eight-man extraordinaire Anthony Crane in segment three of the Cliff Dotes podcast.